For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. fans and welcome to another lovely evening of Toronto Blue Jays talk here on Jaybird watching. I am Craig Borden your host this week. I am also with the gang that is always here on Jaybird watching. Brendan Panikar, Adam Corsair, fellas, how are we doing this evening? What's up, man? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing, Craig? Doing pretty good, but um just like everybody in Toronto, we're heading toward the lock-in thing I think here in Monroe County and Rochester too. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. I hope everybody out there is staying safe. I didn't tell what you, Rhode Island's going to be on a quote-unquote two-week pause. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. They don't want to call it a lockdown. It's yeah, a yeah, yeah. Pause. Yeah, it's yeah. Great, perfect time. Yeah. Every Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and uh, my whole family's scared inside, so we're not moving anywhere. I feel you, dude. So we have a 22-pound turkey we're going to have to cook for Ooh, me, my go. wife, and my daughter. That's it. Sweet. <laughs> Give some to the dogs, man. You guys I'm just saying we're going to have enough if we do get locked in. Oh, there you go. Freezer for a little bit. (laughs) So, Brendan, I'll make sure I smuggle some over the border for you. I'll put it in the package. Send some over. Send some (laughs) over. Hey, I want to shout out Richard Burfer for hooking me up. I met up with him last Thursday night on my drive up to Tottenham, Ontario, and he brought me back three cases of Bud Light Seltzer from Dallas. So I got some of that. I, uh, I opened up the first case and almost polished it on Saturday night. Uh, so I have two and a half left. They're not up there. No, no, no. Oh, oh, I know. I've been, I've been trying. I remember reaching out to you guys a few times during the summer and be like, so is it possible to ship alcohol across the border? Cause I really want it. Uh, and I haven't had it since February. So this is, I'm one of few Canadians who probably have it. There, there you go. So, shout out to <laughs> so 
Anyway, fellas, before we dive into tonight's topic, which is going to be talking about Blue Jays and the Hall of Fame and what the hell goes on there, there are some big rumors going around as far as the Blue Jays catching is concerned. And I'm sure both of you have seen that JT Relamuto has been uh, flying around as a possible serious push for the Toronto Blue Jays. Is this coming as a little surprise to either of you? Adam, do you want to kick this one off? Sure, I'll kick it off. Uh, no. I think that the the Blue Jays, it's been, I mean, they've been pretty uh, straightforward, at least uh, beat writers and people connected with the team have been pretty straightforward that the, a, a big area of need for this team is the catching position. Because uh, while I do uh, appreciate the, the ceiling that the three of us have uh, bestowed upon Danny Jansen, uh, there's a real good possibility that what we've seen is what he is. It's a good possibility. Um, and obviously we're not expecting anything from Reese McGuire and I've been on record on the show to say Kirk is just not ready for a full season in the major leagues. Not yet. You can't go from single A and try to cram in a full 162. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, so that being said, they're in need of not just a veteran catcher, but a veteran catcher that can perform. Um, and this tells me two things. One, they're being aggressive, which, you know, if these rumors are true, that lends credence to that. And two, the spells bad news for Jan Danny Jansen's tenure as a Blue Jay. So um, am I shocked? No. Do I think it'd be a good signing? Sure. I just would like to know what kind of money is being tossed out there for him. Yeah. yeah. I'd be curious if it's in the Russell Martin mold would be where I would think it would be would ballpark, be maybe a little more expensive. I'd be a little uncomfortable with that. Yeah. yeah I'd want to go a year less maybe two years less if possible. If a fourth yeah. year gets it done, I'm fine with that. Kind of like how the fifth year needed to get it done for Russell Martin. They're, I think they're around the same age when they signed. Russell Martin may have been another year or two older. So you got Rio Muto, who's born in 91. Um, he's 29. Uh, I think he'll turn 30 at some point during the next season. He'll be uh, 30 before the start of next season, before okay, so, it starts. So. so he's going into his age 30 season. Mm. Um, he has started to play some first base, um, and he can go there, which is good. So maybe the wear and tear on JT, Real Muto, isn't the catchers uh, that are on the free agent market. Look, it caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie when I first saw it. Um, but at the same time, after I saw it, I put up my tweet saying I was surprised. Um I thought about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it does make sense. You know, it, it does allow for that flexibility to move a Danny Jansen or keep Danny Jansen and, and have them play about equal time behind the dish. And then you're looking at a really good catcher situation. It could also lead them to trading Danny Jansen or maybe Alejandro Kirk. I'd be surprised if they let, were trading Kirk away. But it just opens up every single catcher in the organization to be dealt. And this signals to me that they've had a ton of interest on their catchers. Um, and let's keep That's in mind, guys, the mm. guy, the guy who's reporting this is Craig Mish, uh, who's the main guy for the Marlins. And he's usually right on the ball with all Marlins related stuff. I know Real Muto hasn't been there for a while, but they still got that connection. Uh, he was the first one to break the VR trade to the Blue Jays this past year, uh, break the Marte trade to the Marlins, um, at the deadline. So if it's coming from him, um, he's pretty well connected with the Marlins, uh, and ex Marlins. So. I believe it. I think that there's some smoke there. I really do. Yeah. As far as the smoke goes, I would think that if it, that is going to happen, that I think you hit the nail on the head. They are getting plenty of bites and nibbles on the catchers that are on hand for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yep. And if that's going to signal what's going on, then it then just go. I, I'm completely fine with this. If that's how this is going to go, 
just do it. And uh, this is the signaling that the fact that they could be able to add that impact player that they were talking about. We were all were kind of assuming that might be through a trade. This was something I, you know, we've all known that Relamuto is out there, but was he really going to be a Toronto Blue Jays possibility? Everybody kind of wrote that one off because of the plethora of catching that we have. So unless you're going to move something, I think Brendan, you and Adam, you both hit it perfect that something has to move there for this piece to work. And it makes me wonder what the other piece of this whole thing is. Well, let's not forget last week we were talking about the possibility of just outwriting Reese McGuire. That was on the table. Um, and that didn't it, happen. it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but if, if you can acquire a guy like Real Muto and, you know, if you want to, if you're dead set on keeping Danny Jansen, so you can gauge what you have in a full 162. Um, sure, you can do that, but that that you don't want to carry three catchers. At least I don't necessarily. Um, so unless you're gonna designate um, Reese, I don't know how many options he has, um, if any. If he's a yeah. minor league candidate, or maybe uh, if if it's a taxi squad at that point, a taxi squad candidate, then sure. But um, if not, and your your sort of hands are tied, I don't really have a problem releasing him. Yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, and I think it's look. I think when you even add in the fact that they protected Moreno from the uh, Rule Five draft, he is officially added. Um, there, there's I all that to me signals that they are willing to move one of these guys, whether it's Jansen, maybe it's Kirk. If Kirk is getting a crap ton of hits and people are calling on him and shock me back, wouldn't shock me. I think anybody's in play. Um, but at the catcher position to move and hell, if they got real Muto, man, like that is a legit impact guy. Like he was almost worth two wins this past year in 60 games or however many he played. And the year prior, he's almost worth six. So he's good offensively and he's great behind the dish. So sign me up if this is for real. Not to mention guys, the, the NL East isn't exactly the most hitter friendly division in baseball either. Right. And you're talking about a guy that has hit 20 home runs the last two years and as if you extrapolate what would have been a double of his numbers this year he would have hit 20 as well through a regular 162 and he's batting around 260 that is a massive offensive improvement and not to mention he is a great defensive catcher a guy that he hasn't won a gold glove right but he's come close a couple of times he's been nominated hasn't he yeah i'm pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong Yeah. yeah so either way not to mention he's uh, already a silver slugger winner, winner and he's been a two-time All-Star. No big deal, right? <laughs> so if this is where the Blue Jays are going to take a little lump of their money that they're allowed to throw around and throw it, do it. Right? Not, if this is the difference between some of these other options we were talking about in the previous shows, where are you on the scale here with Springer trading for Chris Bryant, signing somebody like Relamuda, or are you literally just blitzing the whole thing right now? I'm blitzing, dude. Oh, Blitz. sorry. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Brennan. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it's tough. That's tough. Uh, uh, there's there's benefits and cons to each. Springer's a little older. Um, I think it just comes back to their outfield is just so bare beyond what yes. they have on the big league roster, right? Like, and, and Craig, I know that you're not the biggest Springer guy. Adam, I think you're more on the Springer train if they were to add him. Uh, but after what they have in their roster, it's a like there's nothing. The, the, the outfield is the, the weakest spot in this organization's depth chart and the triple A, double A, wherever that Springer just solidifies that for four or five years. You can maybe move off of Lourdes or Teoscar in a trade. If you bring in Springer, that's how we kind of think of it. If you had Springer, one of those two guys becomes available. If you had real Muto, 
Jansen, Kirk, Moreno, one of those guys becomes available via trade to add something else. Maybe you use that to get an outfielder if Springer doesn't work. So, yeah, maybe more 50-50, but I think I still maybe go 60-40 in favor of Springer over Rio Muto. But then both of them would be like either one I'd be over the moon with. Just imagine our lineup that has Ray Lamuto batting, what, fifth, sixth? Yeah. Yeah. With what we have right now, it becomes equally insane and deep all of a sudden, especially for a, t- a position we didn't get any odds. And I, I know, Brendan, you've been a big, and Adam yourself too, and we've talked on this show many a times, that Danny Jansen has a crazy good contact ratio, but it just goes right at the guys. And yeah. it, to me, this would signal that the Blue Jays are at least, this is where a place that they see that they can really get some wins as far as uh, filling in a position. I don't get them abandoning the ship on any of those guys. This is would be a retooling of assets, like we were kind of alluding to there. And if this is the difference between getting somebody, I think you have actually a better chance of landing JT than you do of landing George Springer. I do too. Yeah, probably. Anybody? And yeah, it, also, you know, more to the point about uh, Danny Jansen and their willingness, at, at least ostensibly right now, the way we're talking about it, maybe to deal them. Um, you think about this core, right? The core of this team I would argue is in no particular order, Lourdes, Vladdy, Bo, Cavan. Uh, I'm just talking uh, infielders and outfielders. Yeah. We don't have to talk about uh, pitching prospects either. But in, in a way, with the performance that he had this past season, you can throw Rowdy in there. And obviously, Jansen's part of that. But I think due to the performance this past season, Jansen is, to me, the most disposable of those assets and for lack of a better way to put it like he's the most movable one the problem is is that you don't have the depth the major league ready depth at that position to really be aggressive in trading away danny jansen so um yeah in terms unless of unless you pull the trigger on this unless yeah, yeah unless this happens but as it stands right now i can understand the being gun shy about it but i also feel the same way about the outfield position and if you're asking me what would I'd rather prioritize, it's definitely the outfield position. So in that case, I'd rather them u- utilize the funds and liquidate those assets to get a Springer yeah. rather than the real Muto. I hear you on that one. But before we keep de- uh, beating on this, obviously, Blue sure. Jays fans, this is just a uh, wonderful news thing that we happened to get in the last, what, 24 hours, fellas, yeah. that we were like, yeah, we got to yeah. throw into tonight's show and sure. speak hypothetical about it a little bit. Because we all know you love you. You are all on the rumor mill train right now as far as our fans go. But I had an idea long ago, fellas, when we, uh, funny enough, all three of us, I think, were at Jays Journal still, or at least the two of us, me and Brendan. I think you had moved on at that point, Adam, but... but uh, I was the I wrote, 2015 season. That's okay. So this was just after that season. Right. <laughs> so I wrote an article that was about Toronto Blue Jays players that had just missed the Hall of Fame or should have gotten more consideration. Guys that might be wearing the actual Blue Jay hat on the plaque, and that's where we're going to spend most of our talk this evening. But first, I thought it would be fun, fellas, to talk actual Hall of Fame ballot. None of us get real votes for the you know baseball Hall of Fame, but I thought it would be fun to just quick have a quick chat of what this year's ballot consists of, who you would vote for, who you wouldn't maybe, who you definitely don't want in there, those kind of things. And just have a quick talk on that whole thing. Um, right now, if I had to vote, I was thinking that I'm still throwing Kurt Schilling in, which I know to a lot of people sounds kind of odd, but he's been really close. And I figure this year with the ballot being kind of barren, yeah, that he's probably going to get in and he's going to get a few extra votes. 
The other guy that I can't believe that hasn't gotten more votes over the last few years, Todd Helton. Mm. He's definitely getting a checkbox for me. And uh, that's not just because of the course field thing. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as that goes, those are really the two guys I would want on my ballot. There's a lot of guys on there that are the Barry Bonds's, Clemens's. I'm trying to pull up the ballot. You know, I'm slow and I forgot about pulling it up before everything. <laughs> yep. But what do you guys think as far as what you guys saw on the ballot and who you might put your vote in for if you had one? Um, I, <laughs> you know, Kurt Schilling did so much damage to Rhode Island with this uh, 30, 38 or 36 studios. I forget his name. Um, the, the high heat baseball studio. Yeah, <laughs> I I just can't as a Rhode Island native here. I can't get behind that. I'm serious. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look up how bad he fucked up the economy for Rhode yeah. Island in particular. But um, a lot of. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was bad. Um, That is kind of batshit crazy. So I'm going to say no to Kurt Schilling um, just a little <laughs> bit. How many how many times do you have? to be on the ballot is it nine or do you have 10 and that's it 10 yeah i'm gonna make roger clemens and barry bond sweat a little bit um <laughs> I, <laughs> I think one of them is actually their last year well they're both in their ninth actually right? they're all, no, no this is this is all, their 10th year on the ballot ninth ninth this yeah, is so their ninth have, yes so they so have one more I, year i make them wait till last yeah i, I want to make them, them sweat. Extra votes. i want all three of them to sweat yeah so one other one I wanted, I forgot. I had two other guys I really wanted to talk about. Billy Wagner, Gary mm. Sheffield. Oh, you got to put Sheffield on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have Sheffield even above my house, Yeah, so. I do love Gary Sheffield. That swing and, and just, yeah, just that little <laughs> idea of the batter's box is pretty awesome. And even towards the end of his career, too, with the Tigers, he was a pretty damn good DH. The Tigers just have always seemed to have good DHs for some reason. Eight older guys who they bring in, like a Sheffield, and then it goes to Victor Martinez, and Prince Fielder comes in there and plays some DH. So not to mention Big Papa Cecil too. Yeah, Cecil Fielder barely yeah. played first base for how long? <laughs> yeah. But there's like I don't think any of these first year guys are going to get in. To be honest with you, like that's who I'm really looking at, especially because that's a little bit more in my age range. Like I, I saw Billy Wagner, I saw Scott Rowland, especially when he was a Blue Jay. Uh, Manny, of course. Jeff Kent, not so much. I know he's in his eighth season. Uh, but some of these first-year guys who I can comment on a little bit better than some of the older guys. Um, Tim Hudson was a little too injury-prone throughout his career, but when he was healthy, he was extremely good. Um, Torrey Hunter um, may have an outside shot, but again, like Torrey Hunter kind of falls in the exact same range as Mark Burley for me, where they both had very, very, very good careers. But I'm not quite sure it's Hall of Fame level careers. Right. Like, there's a lot of guys who just miss out on the Hall of Fame for being very, 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 very good. Multiple time All Stars. Um, maybe they win a World Series if they get lucky. Uh, but if they don't, just being very, very good, I don't think that gets you in no more. Um, except for Halliday. You, you have the Harold Baines clause. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, Harold Baines was a very, very good player who got in. So maybe Hunter falls in line with that. But. I, like it's a weak ballot, guys. Like if there, it, to me, it's if there's ever a year where any, if Bonds or Clemens gets in, which I'm totally down with Barry Bonds getting in, um, I would yeah. hope that this is the year. And Clemens, I'm a little less sold on, uh, but 
I think he has he has a spot in there, and I know that he was on roids or whatever he did during his Blue Jays tenure. But my goodness, that was some of the best pitching Roger Clemens ever did when he was a Blue Jay, um, and the numbers were like incredible. So Clemens and Bonds, I think they get in this year. That might be it, to be honest. I don't think anybody else that's there. I hope Schilling doesn't get in. He's a bit of a jackass. Uh, but beyond that, seventy percent last year, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's to gonna, me, uh, there's gonna be five. There's gonna be four or five more people that vote for him this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I agree. He'll probably get in, and and maybe it's Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds, and it's like it becomes one of the wor- worst classes that go in for years. So I don't. I just don't see. Definitely have a certain stain to it. It's a stain <laughs> class. Let's just call it that. It's the stain Hall of Fame class. So you got the thing that kills me. God. No, I'm just counting how many people. On to Blue Jays jerseys. You have Clemens, Vizquel, Roland. I'm uh, going down the list here. Burley, uh, Burnett, and Hawkins. Is that is yeah. all? That's it, yeah. right? Uh, Kent that's was, it. but I don't think he ever played a game for the Blue Jays, right? Okay. Spring training, I think, was it. Right. Or if he did, it was only a couple games, and it would have been in '92. Right. This is the most loaded, quote unquote, Blue Jays class ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. But as far as it goes, though, as much as I'd love to see Mark Burley, I just don't see how somebody as consistent like he is being the Bulldog guy. He's not the standout to get somebody. And this, honestly, Mark Burley is the perfect, um, you know, I think example of this year's Hall of Fame ballot. You have a lot of great players, but you don't have that elite yeah. 2% of baseball, yeah. which is what really ends up making the Hall of Fame. And like I said, the only guy that I really feel like I have to vote for, I would be voting for Gary Sheffield all day, every day on this ballot. 500 career home runs, just a freaking, he's scared players, or scared everybody is, anybody on a pitcher's mound. Those couple years when he was playing on the Yankees, I hated watching him, though, (laughs) because he's so good and destroyed the Toronto Blue Jays in the American League East. So, but And then Billy Wagner, one of the better closers in baseball, at a time when obviously closers took off and ran away with everything. This guy had hall of fame numbers based on, you know, the fact that Lee Smith and the other closers in baseball that are in the hall of fame are basically where his numbers are. He just played in an era where you had Mariano Rivera, <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon, basically every great closer in baseball. It kind of, he gets lost in the wash a little bit, mm. but, Fun fact, did you guys know that um, growing up, Billy Wagner was a righty? No. Really? <laughs> Apparently, he broke his arm somewhere in high school. He just started throwing, throwing the ball against a brick wall or something in his garage. Left-handed. Man, that would be better left-handed. Oh, good for him. <laughs> That's a nice way to unlock Hall of Fame left-handed arm. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would he been if he actually used right. his right, right? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> just slightly crazy. I think it's safe to say, guys. I think uh, I'm not sure if you guys are looking at the same list in the way it's ordered here. I'm on Baseball Reference, um, and okay, so we're looking at the exact same listing, exact same ordering of the list from uh, Dan Heron down. Uh, like none of those guys. Like no, never see it. Like Kadire had a good career, but again, he not on the flying Hawaiian or AJ Burnett. No, not at all. <laughs> like, again, like, uh, there's a lot of guys with good careers. Swisher, Hawkins, Kadire, Victorino. Aramis Ramirez, Zito, and Heron should all be guys. I would be shocked if they make it past this year. And I think it's if you get less than 5%, like Delgado, you fall off the ballot, right? Is that correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Have to be a 5% to hold over. There's going to be a lot of, I think, this year. Oh, yeah. So, like, Kadir? No. 
Latroy Hawkins? No. no. Swisher? No. AJ Burnett? No. Victorino maybe by a little bit, but again, no. he was just there. Victorino was fine for a few years, and yeah. I could see maybe Aramis Ramirez because he did have some really damn good years when third base was on the up and up as a position yeah. power. Uh, so I think Ramirez might stay uh, stay on it. Zito might stay. Dan Heron shouldn't stay in my mind, but Tory Hunter and up absolutely. So that's your guys' ballots, huh? <laughs> well, all right. How how did we? This is a nice little conversation. How dead set are we on no one taking PEDs gets in? Right, is that a hard rule for you guys? Or are you willing to break? I, I'm breaking it depending on who it is. Like uh, Bonds before the PEDs was a Hall of Fame type talent, so I'm fine with Bonds. Clemens, I'm a little if you're on um, for some reason. Maybe it's because he went, but the, the character clause. Because that is actually part of yeah, the content of character and contributions to baseball. I know. <laughs> you don't need to get me started. Ricky Henderson's also in the Hall of Fame, and yeah. there's rumor that he might have done both, and he was kind of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah Bonds, I have no problem getting in. Like, he, he, even still, even what he's about to do, what Barry Bonds did. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, Cle- Clemens is a little more tainted for me for some reason. No to yep. Sosa. I, I don't think Sosa it belongs in there. Um, I don't think so. Too many other weird cork bat issues and other yep. things going yep. on with him. Yeah, too, so. Sammy Sosa is a little. T- I see Sammy Sosa and Roger Clemens in the same boat. They're a little too tainted compared yeah. to the for me. Yep. Um, having said that, I'm willing to give the nod to Pettit. Character clause. He's the only one in my mind that I can remember that owned it, and yeah. and yep. just. Didn't didn't make excuses or anything. Just said I injured. I wanted to get back for my team. I did it, and yeah. that was the best example of people saying, "All right, you admitted it. I'm not gonna." How many yeah. times do people like rag him on for doing steroids? Never. No, none. None. Never. <laughs> none. So for that, and plus he was a pretty good pitcher. I mean, like, he he had awesome years with the Astros and with the Yankees. Um, I'm giving him the nod. If if just personally, if I'm going to fill out a ballot, he'd get my vote. I yeah. am with you on Andy Pettit. Fun fact: my first ever baseball jersey that I owned was an Andy Pettit Houston Astros jersey. That 2005 team really got me into baseball for some yeah. reason. 2005 yeah, Astros. Well, it's because the Killer Bees were the shit, and I don't care yeah. what the hell the, Yan- the yeah. Red Sox are calling their stuff. The Killer Bees are Biggio, Berkman, and Bagwell. Period. Yeah, <laughs> those jerseys were fire too. They were. They oh, were. Awesome. Yeah. The I don't know why they went away with them. Yeah. I agree. I would still wear the Astros gear if they went back or or brought back the Astros star on the hat and stuff. Too tainted now. No yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. Now it, it's about as it looks like it's on fire, just like their orange jerseys are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but okay. So I got your guys' ballots. Is there anything else you would like to add on that before we talk? Blue Jays that really should have been in more consideration for the Blue J- the Toronto Blue Jays Hall of Fame or the Baseball Hall of Fame. Last word, never Manny. No, no. Yeah, never Manny. So just to put it out there, the whole I, I you guys gave your steroid answer. I didn't give mine. Sure, yeah. they are all they are all Alex Rodriguez to me. I can't put okay. them all in. If all I right. can't put Alex Rodriguez in, I can't put any of them in. That's fair. That's kind okay. of where I stand. So and so hold mind on, you. Just- for the sake of argument, when David Ortiz gets eligible, he's not in. Don't put him in. Okay. okay. So, so on that note, like I said, it's just one of those things that, at least it, in my opinion, if yeah. it's going to be on the content of his character outside of the um, steroid thing. 
The guy's known for being a huge philanthropist. He's helped the city of Boston on numerous occasions, has formed Dominican baseball with all sorts of things. The guy bleeds baseball, literally, at some points, unfortunately. Uh, So um, that would be where I would do it on him. That would be similar to the Pettit mold of what you were saying. Gotcha. Where Alex Rodriguez, to me, is being a Blue Jays fan about one of the guys we're about to talk about here in a minute, stole the 2003 MVP from him. Yeah, no, you're right. I want to <laughs> so, I want to ask you guys both about Burley because I think we should talk about Mark Burley. Sure, right? yeah, because he was the most recent Blue Jay on this list, and yep. he was he stabilized 2013 rotation after a rocky start. He stabilized the 2014 rotation and the 2015 rotation. He I remember he just barely missed out on the 200 innings. He, they tried to pitch him on like two days rest. Yeah, 62. That may have cost them home field advantage against the Royals, but Burley. The consistency of over 200 innings year in, year out, the fact that I don't think he ever hit the injured list in his career and was always at the top of a staff and just consistent, I think that will garner him some votes. Um, Burley had a perfect game. Um, he also that, had a no-hitter, too, if I'm correct. Didn't he? Yeah. I think he had both. I think he had a no-hitter and a perfect game. Um, yeah. And he's probably going to be go down as one of the last pitchers to ever consistently throw games in under two hours. Yeah, um, at, at 89 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, less. Like, towards the end in 2015, I'm pretty sure his fastball was coming in like 85, 84. And he was still yeah. getting guys out like crazy. So, it's because he's smarter than most major league pitcher, hitters. That's, that's he, all I always say. Greg Maddox said, said it a million times. You know, you don't need to throw the ball hard to get out major league baseball hitters. You need to know what they're thinking and do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think Burley will stay on the ballot, no problem. But will he get in? I no. think maybe towards the end, like maybe in his ninth season or his eighth season, in a weak class like this, Burley yeah. could stand out. But I think the classes are only going to get better and better from here right. on. Out. The guys are getting younger and having better and longer careers. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, he. What's awesome? Never saw him shake off ever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Put the finger down. Yeah. Throw. <laughs> if I can go back I... to that the day of that trade and, and see how I viewed all of them at the time and then like just how I look at them now, I would have bought a Mark Burley jersey because he was awesome. Like he just seemed like a good dude, good teammate. And he was fun to watch pitch. He was fun. Was, yeah. Was the chip for you, Johnson? Because that's the chip yeah. for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bought a Josh Johnson <laughs> jersey that year instead of Mark Burley. Uh, yeah. I didn't do anything because unfortunately I liked the, what we got, but something didn't sit right. I'm like, yep. uh, what is Vegas. going on? Something, <laughs> something's not right. Yeah. Um, honestly, funny enough, I thought Emilio Bonifacio was going to finally run away with a second base job because we didn't have anybody after Aaron Hill to fill that. I yeah. really finally thought we had a second baseman. <laughs> so, and just to point that out, we really didn't see in that we had Ryan Goins playing second base in 2015. So yeah. just saying that trend kind of... <laughs> so any last thoughts no 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 that's it for me all right so blue jays should be hall of famers guys that we know and love but never really got a real consideration for the hall of fame or ended up missing it that should make some more consideration guys before we talk about maybe a little flash forward on who could be the possibly guys we would like to see in the hall of fame and actually have a good shot Let's talk who missed it. We, I, like I had mentioned, I had done an article about this in 2015 offseason. I had five guys on a list for jaysjournal.com. And then, funny enough, Keegan Matheson, um, a former colleague of ours that's out with MLB.com as well, 
Um, funny enough, just kind of did this exact same thing again. <laughs> and the list looked a little oddly similar, but that's because these guys were that good. And it has nothing to do with anything else. So first guy I want to bring up, um, Tony Fernandez. Yep. Unfortunately, we just lost him within the last year. But guys, as far as defense at shortstop, this guy was way above and beyond of most people. This is on a level for the people I had to see him in the last few years with his Blue Jays. Um, but Tony Fernandez, career 40, 45.3 war. 200 or 288 batting average and just basically holds most he's on a many of the Toronto Blue Jays leadership um, statistics as it goes didn't get exactly the fairest shake at the Hall of Fame I'm scrolling down to what he actually got in his one year on the ballot one year seven only got 0.7 percent from the baseball writers of America I know we love him and we might have the uh, the Blue Jay goggles on just a touch but guys this is like I said, this is the face of the franchise. Really was. So yeah, I, I'm five-time All-Star, World Series champion. Uh, he solidified this roster when it counted, and he's a, you know, that. yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> How exactly? You're right. Um, you know, I don't. I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. I don't want his his death to be the catalyst for anything but it is a shame back in 2007 if you were voting for him that's yeah. the guys here the he should have gotten more than five yeah. should have gotten more than five i i think um i don't know how strong that class was i don't know if you have it in front of you craig um Pause. yeah <laughs> 2007 so if you want to keep going i'll get it yeah sure i i just i think you know a, a talent like that it's a shame that he wasn't more in consideration. I'm not saying he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think I'd go that far. In fact, I know I wouldn't. But the fact that, you know, he couldn't hang around and get just over 5% the first time on there, to me, that's disappointing. Um, and even if he was alive today, I would say the same thing. So, yeah, yeah I so think... you want to know the, what the ballot he actually was on? Sure, yeah, yeah. There, are, there was two Hall of Famers from the 2007 ballot. They were... The, one of the greatest shortstops of all time in Cal Ripken okay. and Tony Gwynn was the other one. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. So just to say, and this is under the previous rules of how you get into that there weren't you know as much uh, play in the rules and stuff like that to actually get yeah. in. It's, it was even more restrictive back in 2007. But just to point that out even further on how deep the ballot was, there was also eight other few Hall of Famers on that ballot. Oh, wow. So in Rick... Uh, Goose got Rich Gossage, Jim Rice, Andre Dawson, Burt Blylevin, Lee Smith, Jack Morris, um, Alan Trammell, and then sadly Harold Baines. And yeah. I'm not gonna lie, Tony Fernandez is way better than Harold Baines. Yeah, at least give him Harold that. Baines played a damn position. I mean, Tony Fernandez played a damn position. <laughs> Who else on that list got under five? Do you know? That um, was excluded. Funny enough, Devon White was actually on that same ballot. He didn't get any votes. Oh, wow. Jay Buter got 0.2. Ken Caminiti got 0.4. So did Bobby Benilla, the guy we talk about literally every year in June. Yeah. <laughs> Canada Day, or is it the day after Canada Day? Anyway, Canada but, Day. Yeah, Canada Day. That's it. Eric Davis was under him, too, and so was Dante Bichette, funny enough. Wow. So above him. Um, going up toward 5% that got knocked off that year. Jose Canseco, Brett Saberhagen, 
Paul, Paul O'Neill, Albert Bell, and Oral Hershiser. Wait, wait, wait. Jose Canseco got more votes than Tony Fernandez? Correct. He actually that, got 1.1%. Wow. Not, not you, okay. Yeah, exactly. And this is post-steroid. Outing. Yeah, not okay. <laughs> still, still not okay. It was obvious. I mean, come on. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> come on, why? Just because there's literally a yellow mark in the left field 500 level where he hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, there's there's still a mark, I believe, up at the Rogers Center and that level where the two longest home runs were hit in Blue Jet or in that ballpark's history. It was like within the same week, wasn't it? Canseco and McGuire. Yeah. 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 And very few have gone back up there since then. Yeah. Very. Joe Carter has the longest Blue Jay home run, and it's still like 100 foot short. Just saying. Yeah. That. <laughs> but yeah, not so, okay. I, I think he belongs in there, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll preface this by saying you guys obviously got to see him play more than I did, uh, being younger than you guys. But um, from everything I've heard of how impactful he was to the Blue Jays organization, and just being able to look at his, his baseball reference page right now, like you just go look and you see so many like some eye popping stats go through like 17 triples in 1990 um, for a shortstop primarily who would get anywhere from 60 to 7 RBIs a season. Uh, he could chip in with some stolen bases. He did it. He seems like he did a lot of everything good. Uh, it doesn't seem like he did one thing elite. And look, I don't want anybody to like. <laughs> no, it's an accurate assumption. There was nothing he did bad. He did right. everything above average. Right. But it wasn't like you said it didn't. Because it was the collective good, not yes. the, oh, he was a monster home run hitter, or he's like Ricky Henderson stole 900 bases, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I think you have to do two or three things elite to get into the Hall of Fame nowadays, really, uh, or at least that should be the criteria, uh, unless you have been a like 10-time All-Star, you've won a few awards, especially MVPs. Um, MVPs are huge. Like, there's no doubt, if the Blue Jays were to ever do what our what fans have hoped for so long is create like a little museum in the Rogers Center or have statues. Tony Fernandez is getting a statue. There's no doubt about that. He's, He's probably number one. Fan. Literally. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> um, him and George Bell, just for what they did in terms of some of the older guys and Delgado and whatnot. But yeah, I, like I'll say from what I've seen on the, on here, what I've heard about him, um, he probably should have stayed on the ballot long. I don't think he was a Hall of Famer. He kind of reminds me of Mark name a lot tonight. But he did a lot of very good things, but nothing that was elite. All right. So do you want to earn brought up the next guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to briefly talk George Bell, the MVP, yeah. the first Toronto Blue Jay MVP. And I, then I'm just assuming we're going to talk more about the guys that were, like, literally this close yep. Yep. in a few minutes. So. But like I said, first Blue Jay MVP was a Rule Five pick for the Toronto Blue Jays. Literally, a rags the riches story of going from like, okay, well, you're a wild card to one of the best players in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a very brief window, but guys, he only ended up getting uh, 1.2% on the ballot in 1999. I'm pulling up the actual ballot. The winners that year were Robin Yunt, George Brett, and Ryan. So another elite class and five more Hall of Famers eventually on that ballot. So um, I know for me, George Bell is the, you know, him, Barfield and um, Mosby, the powder blues, man. That's all I think of. That's all I think of when I think of the powder blues. So um, and the drive for, you know, I ended up rewatching. I'm, I'm, I was born in 84, so going back and watching and hearing my dad talk about the drive for 85 and everything like that was key. 
there was a really, really good old VHS that's on YouTube that I would highly recommend to everybody about the 85 season. It was really, really fun to watch. So that was a COVID watch for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anybody, anything? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, although a fantastic player, um, I think you nailed it when you said rags to riches in terms of how he broke into the big leagues. Um, I'm just not sure that there's enough there to r- be a Hall of Famer outside of the mind of his fans. And obviously to to us, as Jay's fan said this earlier, the, the blinders are on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's fantastic. But when we're talking about eligible, I think he quite cuts the mustard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's oddly in that Tory Hunter category for yeah. I can see comparison. That. Yep. He was very good for a very good a good window, but it didn't get that crazy length you need for a career for a major league baseball player. Right. Yeah, no, I mean the one thing that George Bell does have uh, is an MVP. Um, obviously, being the first one to win it as a Blue Jay uh, definitely carries some weight. An all two time All Star, um, and he he never won a World Series. Like looking at here, I keep on forgetting that he did not win with the Blue Jays because he was on the White Sox in ninety two and ninety three, and the Cubs in ninety one, um, but. That's the only really thing that, you can, that I can draw to you for George Bell's candidacy is winning that MVP um, in 1987. And he was elite that year. But the other years, you look at it, 31 home runs, 28 home runs, 18, 21, So it just seems like that year everything clicked for George Bell. And uh, fantastic that he won an MVP. Uh, but that's it. There's nothing else that's like, yeah, he should be on the ballot longer or he should have been in more consideration for the Hall of Fame. Um, again, yeah, a comparison for George Bell. So just because the war and the career is almost oddly similar, I have to bring up Joe Carter. Guys, Blue Jays fans love him. Everybody will rant, rant and rave about how good he was as a Blue Jay. But in all reality, Joe Carter was one of the best RBI producers through his career in baseball. The catch being defense doesn't carry. He only had he has pretty much the exact same career war as um, George Bell does right around 20. So when you're talking about guys that eventually make the hall of fame, they're going to be already in the forties, fifties, sixties for a collective career for war. So, but Joe Carter did get 3.8% on the 2004 ballot. And funny enough, his teammate made it Paul Molitor. Mm. <laughs> so I guess I want to touch on or is it too, too similar to the Joe Carter or uh, George Bell thing that does we'll move on. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's actually, <laughs> It doesn't really hold up as much as Bell because, especially for Blue Jays fans, we have one particular memory of him, and I'm I'm not saying there aren't others. I'm just saying the one that stands out is obviously the, yeah, <laughs> yes. But the one that stands out is obviously the Wolf, and you know that to us is always going to be memorable. But when you look at his career, yeah, a couple of All Star nods, but I, I just don't know that he holds enough weight again to be considered a Hall of Famer. His yeah. batting average was maybe 20 points higher, and he yeah. actually did get the 400, 500 home runs. That would be maybe where your line would be on Joe Carter. But right. hey, wait, Brendan, I didn't mean to step on you there. I'm no, sorry. no, not at all. It's all good. Um, his OVP was terrible. Like his career, I believe, is 306. Um, that's not that's not nearly Hall of Fame numbers right there. Um, and we say all this, Blue Jays fans shouldn't change their viewpoints or thoughts on these guys as Blue Jays. But we're speaking from the collective MLB. Like, everybody knows Joe Carter for that one thing. And I think a lot of people assume that Joe Carter was, like, a superstar player. But in reality, he was a good player. I wouldn't mm. say he was very, very good, but he was a good player. 
Um, and he had that one incredible moment that until we get another similar incredible moment, which I hope we do so we can tone down the Joe Carter talk a little bit. Um, yeah, that, that's all he is. He's a good player. Um, and he, again, uh, like some of the other guys, I don't think he did anything elite. I think he did a few things good. But when you look at his numbers, it wasn't that good. Right. Like, some good, but not that good. Good times. So other than that, fellas, uh, let's move on. Somebody I'm really shocked that didn't get some uh, extra votes is uh, John Olderud. Yes. He's the next guy on my list. And yeah. this one honestly dumbfounds me to this point. There is literally nobody in Williams as John Olderud did in 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's literally one of the best baseball seasons on record. He really looked at the collective as far as those major metrics for like what Ted Williams did. Right. Um, there, there's a really cool YouTube video on him comparing the 93 season to Ted Williams's 400 season. Mm-hmm. And they were literally neck and neck until August. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> so five, uh, 58.1 career war. And if I'm scrolling, 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 literally 0.7% in 2011. <laughs> Only year on the ballot. Yeah. How underrated can John Olerud be? <laughs> that's that's crazy. Like I'm looking at his fan grass page right now, guys. He walked more than he struck out for his career, 14.1% compared to 11.2%. So he never struck out. Uh 295 uh average, almost 400 career OBP, 398, uh, and a weighted runs created plus of 130. Like that is elite level stuff. Uh, you're getting to the elite level stuff there with the OBP. You're almost there in the weighted runs created plus department. I think his career was underrated, maybe because he didn't have the power at the time when it was all about the power and people were hitting home runs like crazy back in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, but uh, Olerud was a very, very solid player. Um, and again, I didn't get to see him play much uh, at, at all, really. Uh, but uh, I know enough about John Olerud to know that he was a special player. Um, who should have stayed on the ballot longer. Would he have gotten in? Maybe in a weak class if he stayed on, but much beyond that, maybe he just would have missed out in his 10th year. But he, I think he had a better shot than any of the other guys we've talked about to this point. Yeah. Roberto Alomar made it on that ballot too. It, you know, it's in a weird trend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More teammates make it the year that they did. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but yeah. Larkin was also on that ballot and uh, there was a lot of guys and this is a 90s thing in general and I don't know if this is because of steroids or what but these ballots were loaded loaded <laughs> loaded for years there and it's slightly ridiculous but John Olerud I think at a minimum they should have found a way to keep him with the five percent yeah strung it along and yeah. I, I honestly really it really wouldn't have shocked me if they got a, he got on eventually would so. you say, other than Alomar, he is one of, if not, he might be number two, because yeah. I'd put Alomar at number one, one of the best all-around Blue Jays players like and on both sides? Probably. People forget how good he was at first base. People yeah. really do. He was a yeah. really good defensive first baseman. I don't think he was ever going to win a gold glove, but it's... yeah. You want I'll compare three, you, yeah. Ju- Justin Smoke is known yeah. for Blue Jays fans for being yeah. an amazingly good first baseman. John Olerud was doing that same thing, yep. and he was batting, you know, what, 363 the one year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that year, Whamco was in full definition. The Blue Jays had the best three hitters in baseball with Alomar Molitor and John Olerud. That yeah. is just insane. No, no teams know what that is. 
that was, that's why the 93 team was so special. Oh yeah. Um, anybody want to have anything else they want to add? John Olerud? I would put him in. <laughs> yeah. I, he, always, he has my vote easy. Yeah. And I, like I said, at, at a minimum, if I had that ballot in front of me, I just don't know how I would leave him off. I would yeah. have had to find a way. I'm, I'm, it would have probably been one of those things. It's like, okay, I know somebody's going to vote for Roberto Alomar. I could uncheck him <laughs> yes. and put John Olerud on just to make sure he stays on the ballot. Kind of right. thing, you know? So, or even in this situation, Burt Blylevin was the other person. Mm. Um, I, I'm honestly shocked that Burt Blylevin even makes it, but he was a ungodly good pitcher too, similar to how I, I agree that Jack Morris eventually got in. Right. So next, oddly enough, is we're going to talk pitchers. The, Arguably one of the best Blue Jay pitchers of all time, Dave freaking Steve. Yeah. An old Blue Jay highlight pre-1992 that doesn't have Dave Steve in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. The only, still on record, the only Toronto Blue Jays no-hitter. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's surprising, right? But for me, it's just... I don't know. Again, I, how, 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 how much are we looking at this with the Blue Jays colored glasses on. Um, I do think Me he was, personally, I think he's right there with Jack Morris in the eighties. You think so? Yeah, I really do. I don't see the, the, the two. The only reason I would say maybe you're not is literally the Toronto factor. Yeah. He wasn't getting his media coverage where, you know, Jack Morris playing in Detroit. Right. Right. <laughs> Detroit's getting the media coverage, you know, nationally here in the States anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, look, do you have the, um, the uh the nods when he was on the ballot oh yeah he was the 2004 one as all as well and uh 1.4 percent yeah see that's, that was that's the same year as Mulder and eckersley make it and just it, like i said this is literally a loading issue it really yeah. what it is and this is why they expanded the voting you're losing guys like dave steve in this where i yeah. really think that dave steve actually has a good chance to make it in through the veterans committee and everything like that because like i said there were, if you were talking best pitchers in those years it was Jack Morris. It was Dave Steve, Nolan Ryan. Those yeah. guys are the conversation for pitching those years. Yeah, it's surprising. I mean, it's a solid career. Um, yeah, I I'm just kind of shocked that he only got one. Would you say one point? What one percent? Joe Carter got more votes than Dave Steve did that year. Yeah, that's that, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is absurd. So, and it's because also of funny enough, point. former former Blue Jay Jimmy Key got the same amount of votes so yeah i'd I'd give steve more yeah because in that in that regard as much as jimmy key is actually one of my favorite toronto blue jays pitchers Mm -hmm. of all time just watching him pitch was just like watching a a master at work yeah i anybody that can look at a pitcher if you want to be a left-handed pitcher that's really really good watch how jimmy key pitches the mechanics are flawless yeah um dave steve is a bajillion times better than jimmy key was yes yeah. <laughs> so Jimmy Jimmy Key is a legitimate second or third starter in any major league baseball rotation at the time he was playing. Dave Easy. Steve is always your ace on no matter what team you play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of look at Steve from his numbers and just on his pages, uh kind of similar in a way to George Bell, where it wasn't really race to riches, but George Bell has the MVP, whereas Dave Steve has the no hitter. Um and I know that now we've added Josh Donaldson with an MVP, so that's two blue jays there. Um, but, um, yeah, like Steve was really good. It was definitely a frontline guy and look, they pitched starters a lot more, which is why you see innings totals of 288 and 278 and 265. But, um, 
still strikeouts were always king back in the day. And his K per nine never got above 6.67, I think was his highest season in 84, looking at his page here. And yeah, he had some really good years with the ERA. But um, the thing that with, like, I think all these guys, you can boil it down to, they were they had great careers, good careers, but not Hall of Fame level careers. Yeah. They, that's why they never ended up making it. So it, it's tough. But again, just like we said for Ricky Henderson and others, Steve is definitely one of those guys that would get a statue and a Blue Jays medium. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. Easy. Just like the other two gentlemen that we're going to get to here. So uh, we're going to go one last old-timer, and then I know one that Brendan can finally talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fred McGriff actually yeah. went through all 10 years of Hall of Fame eligibility. The thing that kills me on him, he was this close to having 500 career home runs. If he gets that 500 home run, I don't think this is even a question. I really don't. But as far as it goes, like I said, 10 years on the ballot. I'm trying to get all the high percentages here because, unfortunately, it's in like 10 menus on baseball reference. Um, he started out with 21%, bounced all over the place, up, down, left, right, here, there. And in 2019, finished it with 39.8. Like I said, Jeez. this is the crime. The <laughs> crime dog was literally one of the best hitters in baseball and gets lost in the wash of steroid users in that time frame, guys. And for a guy that just purely hit the damn ball hard and um, didn't play on a lot of teams that were as good as he was, I think, is part of the other thing here. Those couple of years after a pre-trade for the Blue Jays, being on the Padres kind of hurt him. He finally joins the Atlanta Braves and gets on a team that is – really really damn good yeah. and you got finally you got a chance to see him shine in the playoffs in those years and he was literally the igniter on those offenses but um the hit fun, the last year on the ballot though and this was the first year that or first or second year that they expanded the voting a little bit for the percentages and stuff mariano rivera gets a unanimous yeah <laughs> voting edgar martinez roy halliday and edgar martinez yeah edgar martinez being on his last year on the ballot, I don't know how you don't have a Hall of Fame conversation about DH players and not have Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame. It was just insulting that it was taking that long. So on this ballot, I'm not surprised he got lost off. But when you, you're still holding over people like Clemens and Schilling and whatnot, how do you not get a few more votes to get Fred McGriff in here? There's this on this list. I just can't believe the guys that got more votes in, on it than the year. You're talking Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez, all these other guys. That's like, really, why Fred McGriff actually deserves it? Yeah, that's disappointing. I didn't realize that someone like Manny got more votes than McGriff. I can't justify that. I can sort of find a rhyme and reason why he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, even though I, I would vote for him. But for him to have less votes than someone like Manny and Sosa... I'm sorry. That to me is just yeah. ridiculous. What did you say? He finished with 39% his last year. 39% just missing 40, like 0.2. Yeah. But um, Sosa um, and Ramirez didn't get more votes than him. I was just saying the fact that they got votes. Oh, uh, oh I think you Instead of more. him, you're, oh. you got somebody collecting those votes from one day. Yes. You would think that somebody would be like, well, why would I give these guys? He deserves it. Right. You know? I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Are we ready to talk Carlos Delgado, Brendan? I'm going to let you talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a guy that I can say I watched <laughs> for sure. So. I remember watching. Yeah, it's, it's a crime that Delgado didn't get uh, enough eligibility to stay on longer. Like, he's another 3. guy. 3.8%. Yeah. In that's, 2015. That's, slightly insulting. 
Uh, one of the best hitters in baseball for that time, that era, really. Easily. Oh, easily. totally, totally. One of the best power hitters around. Like, you look at that stretch from 97 all the way through to his first year with the Mets in 2006 after one stopover with the Marlins. And, like, he was always, always above 122 in the WRC Plus department. Always Like, he was always near 40 home runs uh, for his career, always in the middle of a lineup. Like, he was a fearsome power hitter, face of the Blue Jays for years. Uh, but you could also say Delgado was a name, kind of like Jose Bautista was, where everybody knew you are playing the Blue Jays. You had Delgado. And following Delgado— You better watch out. Yeah, <laughs> you better watch out for him. And people talked it the same way I would think about Jose Bautista eventually. It was like, hey, we're playing the Blue Jays. Shit, we got to watch out for Jose. So, yeah, Delgado um, should still be on the ballot, that's for sure. Um, if Edgar made it as far and eventually in, I know Edgar was better uh, getting on base, uh, and other stuff like that. But if, if McGriff made it as long as he did, Delgado should have made it longer than Fred McGriff. I'll say that much. Yeah. And the thing that, like I mentioned earlier, guys, Alex Rodriguez beats him for the 2003 MVP award. Delgado yep. runner up and just listen yeah. to this stat line for a second. And, uh, Blue Jays fans that have not paid attention to Carlos Delgado, he was an MVP candidate for well he was a top top 10 finisher three times in his career yes and two of those were with the blue jays and he was oh sorry there was a fourth one i forgot they had that really resurgent year with the mets at the end there right before the just the injuries just piled up on his knees so um played in 161 games he the only game he did not play was the last game of the season (laughs) 145 rbis 42 home, home runs had 38 doubles. That's 302 with a 1.019 on base percentage. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. One point, or 161 OPPS plus. So, steroids are the only reason he's not the MVP. <laughs> it's, it's the only reason, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And if he won that MVP award, I guarantee you he was on that ballot at least the second year. Probably. That'd be my guess too. That would be my guess as well. Good OPS. That's ridiculous. The guy's a fucking monster. Yeah. There's a reason that when he hit home runs, guys on Sports Center went, "Don't got it." Yes. <laughs> he did the. He people might not know this, Blue Jays fans, bro. That four uh, home run game, that fourth home run, he bat flipped before anybody. Yeah. In a Blue Jays uniform. <laughs> it's better. Just miss it. Still think outside of Bautista, that is my favorite bat flip. He just. That's not even because it's a Blue Jay thing. No, yeah. he just yeah, he hits the home run. And he just goes, "Don't need this anymore." He knew, and you know, and that's one of those games that if you go, I, I love the old school sort of stadium too. But if you yeah. can, if you can watch that, um, were they wearing the T Birds? Is that a so. Yeah, that was that, that's the only the only thing I hate about that highlight. Yeah, it's not my favorite jersey, <laughs> but still, um, man, what a what a great hitter. He was, but again, I'm not trying to make excuses, but maybe, you know, Brennan, this call back to what you're saying, you kind of got to be elite at more than one thing. And, you know, seeing as though he wasn't like primarily uh, a DH, he played first base. Maybe that's what did him. And he started off as a catcher too, which is crazy. Yeah. But maybe that's most people forget actually. Yeah. And he was a pretty good catcher too. They just didn't think he was going to have the legs to... They thought he was going to be a better offensive force throughout his career if they got him away from catching. Yeah. They thought his bat was too important to lose to catching. 
Yeah. So a fun little tidbit about Delgado. Um, and I know that there's one listener um, who's from this area near St. Catharines, uh, just on the other side when you cross the border into Ontario uh, and you start driving to Toronto. Uh, Delgado is one of the few Blue Jays uh, who played for, uh, their. I think it was their single-A team, when the Blue Jays had a single-A team in St. Catharines, Ontario, and they played at the same baseball stadium that Brock Badger's baseball team, the university, played at. And I worked for the Badger's team, and I remember hearing that fact. I'm like, oh, wow, Delgado played here in St. Catharines and lived here when they had a single-A team here. So for whoever's that's listening cool. from the Niagara area, uh, that stadium, uh, which I forget the name now, I think it's Jack Taylor Field or something, Delgado did play there. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of the craziest home runs I had seen was off the bat of Carlos Delgado. For me being at a live game, mm. we were sitting on the right field, uh, right above the bullpen. Me and my dad, the family, goofing around, having a good time. He comes up, and every, you, you, everybody stopped in those years when Carlos Delgado was in the box. Of course, yeah. This was, and uh, this was 2003, so Angry Bird era, live and well. <laughs> um, it's funny enough, Josh Towers started that game, if it gives you oh, any how much fun it. I was having outside of this home run. Wonderful. I, I don't think I've ever seen a baseball leave the ballpark faster than I saw that one. It literally was a rocket that went right over us <laughs> and hit the uh, Hard Rock Cafe at the time. Nice. <laughs> so it was just nuts. I don't think I still got it is the nice way of saying what he oh, uh, yeah. did baseballs. <laughs> Crazy good. So anyway, fellas, to wrap things up, before we move along here to obviously next week's show in a week. Sure. <laughs> um, looking forward, get your crystal ball ready. Who do you think has the best chance going forward for being the next Blue Jay to actually wear one of these mm. on a plaque in Cooperstown? And um, I too many Blue Jays fans dismay that it brought Holiday to get that opportunity, but I think it was very tasteful with the Holiday family. <laughs> um. <laughs> is anybody got anything they would like to add on that because this is a one fun one because a lot of the guys that we love from the 2015 team and everything like that are not people that had the extended success that you might need to get into the baseball hall of fame jose bautista edwin encarnacion i'm talking about i don't think russell martin really has the numbers to get in even though he has had the long career um and obviously we know we haven't had Anybody like Roy Halliday in a Blue Jay uniform pitching for us in any time recent. Are you looking at the kids? <laughs> or are you just pulling, was it um, John Morosi that's basically said Vlad Jr.'s in already right when he was uh, doing the uh, call-up for him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the closest one, it's got to be J.D., Right. And and I don't even think he's going to get in as a Blue Jay if he gets in at all. He might not even get yeah. in at all. Um, we're talking be, about it, you're talking about window. It really depends on what the next part of his career does here in Minnesota. And yeah, unfortunately, his season was cut a little short this year, and he was a little bit of a slow starter in this weird 68 season, too. His best so. year was 2015. And obviously he won the MVP, but he hasn't come before close that, to that though. sort of production. Was that before that, though? There was only one guy that had a better war for like three seasons in a row than Josh Donaldson. Trout. And that was Mike Trout. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're talking about, oh my God, years, right? 
those were the years we were just talking about with like what Delgado had. Yeah. So maybe that would be your comp, but I would really think that because of what JD has been doing and he's been on winning teams that whole time, I think that's what's going to bode well for him actually staying on for at least a couple years on the ballot. I could see it. I, if it's not going to be JD, if we're just talking about someone from the Blue Jays that play for the Blue Jays that has a chance to get to the Hall of Fame, the obvious answer is Josh Johnson. If we're talking about someone that played for the Blue Jays that would get as a Blue Jay, cool. Oh. Uh, the closest yeah, that would be a little rough. Put your Monday man crush in. No, yeah, I wish. Um, the closest would be Jose, but he's not a Hall of Famer, right? And he's, but he's the closest one right now. He has the lead out of all Blue Jays that are going to be eligible, but he's not going to get in. No, so I don't know. I don't think there is one, especially I'm as a curious Blue Jay. because his defensive metrics might carry him pretty well. And you know, you, you got to think with Jose Bautista really shot up. There wasn't a lot of guys doing what he was doing in baseball anymore. The home runs were trending down, Yeah, you know, to this 30, 40, maybe there's something there, but like we were talking about really the hall of famer numbers are right around, uh, you know, 50, 60 career war. Yeah. Jose Bautista's defensive metrics don't quite get him to where his offense gets him at 36 right now for career war. Yeah. So he might be in that weird category that if he makes it in, it's because he was the best of his time frame kind of thing. Not, yeah. And that's, I mean, I, that, that happens a lot. That's why I wanted to mention that. I would like to see it. I would, but I just, I don't, looking at all these players that sort of didn't make it that we just covered, I just can't see Jose getting the nod. And if we're going to talk about someone that might get in, like I could see an argument for Russell Martin. I just think he's going to, if he's going to go in, it's going to be as a Yankee. I don't think it's going to be as a Blue Jay. <laughs> I think um, it'd be Dodger, honestly. But there you go. Even, yeah. <laughs> even uh, yeah. the whole beginning and ending thing. Yeah. It's kind of bookended pretty like that. It's like Ray Holiday signing the Blue Jay career you know, yeah. deal at the end of his career. It was very similar to that whole idea. I um but if you want to go even fourth fourth dimensionally out of the Blue Jays core right now, just to make the fun here. Who do you see out of what's going on here right now? What we got in the plan? Are you putting Kirk in the Hall of Fame yet? Or <laughs> <laughs> got to be Bo, right? Yeah, probably. As of right I now. I would think right now that – I would think even right now, if you extrapolate what he's been doing and you kind of do the yearly projection stuff for Bo Bichette, I think he gets the 5% that his dad didn't get to stay on for one year. Oh, yeah. Least. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so – and I just can't believe that <laughs> his dad only got 0.4 or something like that too. That's slightly <laughs> ridiculous because in all reality – that Rockies lineup he was a part of, that was one of the best lineups in baseball history, in my mm-hmm. opinion, let alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as assembled collective of just ungodly amount of offense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you talk about first-year eligible guys this year. Dante Bichette, just looking at his career, I know he had a little bit more power than this guy, but he reminds me of Michael Kadire, a guy who had a, a solid career and a few years where he really chipped in with some power, but was around like 20 30 home runs, yeah. just a decent decent to good player who would have an all-star nod or two. Um, except, except Dante played at course Field just a little bit longer than Michael Kadire, so I get yeah. all that extra. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, going, I'm never going to get back. that picture out of my head of his dad just with long hair going, 
Oh yeah, running around the bases. It's just it was perfect. <laughs> Going back to answer the original question, Craig, uh, I, I'm with you, Adam. Uh, as much as I want to give Jose more credit for what he did, he started it too late in his career. If he had an MVP to his name, which he should yeah. have been in 2011, um, and if the Blue Jays won the World Series in 2015, which they should have done, I think that could have been enough to get him in maybe in his ninth or tenth season. Just because Bautista brought the franchise back to relevancy. He really did. The yep. only guy until this year, if he played a full 162, that has a legitimate shot at 500 home runs is Edwin Encarnacion. I think yep. he's tracking at four something right now. I think he's 85 or something off the pace. COVID really screwed his chances at 500. Um, but even then, even if Edwin gets the 500, like 500 is that magical number where, yeah, you're a Hall of Famer. But is Edwin a Hall of Famer? No, like, he's not. He's, again, a very, very good player who had some all-star caliber seasons. And Edwin probably should have been in more discussions for MVP a few seasons, but he was always overshadowed yeah. by Jose. So it, in terms of recent guys who put on a Blue Jay uniform and have a chance— I think their best one right now is Mark Burley. I really do. I, I, I can't think <laughs> of anybody else. I think Bautista makes it past year one. I think Donaldson makes it past year Eddie makes it. Eddie, if Don no. doesn't make it, you'd say that. I don't think Edwin Encarnacion makes it past year one. But I think Burley will keep himself on the ballot until his 10 years. And in a weak class, Burley gets in. So. As what yeah, though? Is that his oh, socks? Oh yeah, that makes it, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's his main. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he was pissed at Florida, so he ain't doing that. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, good stuff. I'll go Anyway, is there anything you two gentlemen would like to add to our conversation here before we wrap and you know two claps with a Ric Flair? I'm good. I'm <laughs> yeah, good. I'm good. Until next week. Thing, the only thing to monitor, I will say, is uh, the Jay Happ rumor that you. Uh, uh, brought back Adam. He oh, could, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. As long as it means they're dumping Roark. Like, get yeah. rid of Roark and have Happ. Do that all day. I'm not Do even thinking day. about it. Sign and me up. That, that, that puts Jay Happ in pretty elite category with Tony Fernandez as a three tenure or three time Blue Jay uh, at three different stints. So. If, okay. if, if, if they yeah. sign him, he's right now the number three starter. That's yeah. easy. Easy that number is. three. I don't necessarily think that's concerning. I mean, like, it's not ideal, but it's not. I mean, there's worse guys. Yeah, there are worse guys for sure. You know? The biggest um, thing, at least, you're bringing in him is that somebody was here in 2015 that can teach the youngsters what to do. And I honestly think the Yankee thing is what hurt him. I really do. Yeah, I think he, that the whole thing with everything going on, Jay Happ is a good pitcher. In Toronto, yes. he can just do his thing. Yep. No, as long as his velocity doesn't dip too much, which it started to, um, but as long as he doesn't lose that command, and command isn't something you lose. So he's figured he, it out once. He, he has with the Blue Jays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it again. Pete Walker, I, bro. Yeah, Pete Walker. Give yeah. Pete Walker more credit. Please do it, Blue Jays fans. Also, um, before we head out, happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Americans. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, there you go. To, uh, and uh, oddly enough, 50%. Per- 54% of our viewership. So just there you go. saying, come on, guys, you, you got to catch up. This is a Toronto. There's <laughs> more Blue Jays fans popping up in the Buffalo Rochester corridor, especially because they played in Buffalo this year. So that would be probably the second biggest market is that stretch right there. So it's not surprising. Yeah. I made the goof the other day that too, now that you actually have two minor league organizations that are 
what are the Toronto Blue Jays and the now Washington Nationals that are where she used to be the Montreal Expos are actually within an hour drive of each other. Oh, yeah, that's the true. There you go. The Rochester Red Wings are now the Washington Nationals AAA affiliate officially. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that was kind of cool. I thought I was like, oh, it's like Western New York is just full on. You know, we're just blending that whole area around Niagara Falls <laughs> and the well, lake. There are even some Americans down south that think of Buffalo as, can- as part of Canada. So uh, it makes sense. <laughs> it's just close. There you <laughs> go. All right, guys. You ready? Yeah, two claps and Ric Flair. Let's go. Woo! Woo! Blue Jays. See you, Blue Jays fans. Have a good week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.